when the season started, I had high hopes for the Jets and Giants game. I, I thought we'd be watching a developed Sam Darnold, two teams around 500, a meaningful November game with perfect football weather. Instead, it's a battle of ineptitude, and we get to talk about it all on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast right now. Contest, I am a contest. You better like me. I'm from Patchogue. Alrighty, nice job with the free music YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation. Episode 16 of my first ever sports podcast where we keep it simple, we keep it short. Never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, I just put it in another podcast. And let's give the Jets credit for this. If you're going to be bad, be really bad to stay relevant. It makes makes great content. If you just lose, though, people forget about you. Who's talking about the Cincinnati Bengals right now? Nobody. But the Jets can still make headlines, national headlines, with the best of them. Sam Darnold getting mono. Sam seeing ghosts. Sam looks like a high school quarterback. Gase losing the locker room. Adams wants out. Mosley's the highest paid linebacker to do nothing. Kolecce Osemele gets surgery while the Jets expect him at practice. Now Luke Falk's filing an injury grievance as well. It just... It's constantly it's constantly spiraling downward for the Jets, and at an absolute minimum, it gives us something to talk about in what's been just a, a brutal year, and it's already week 10, week 10 of the NFL, freaking week 10 already, and we have a tale of bad teams, a tale of bad coaching, a tale of young quarterbacks, a tale of dysfunction to watch this week with the Jets and Giants. But at least it gives us something to watch. It gives us something to talk about because th- there is intrigue for this game in a a one and seven Jet team taking on a two and seven Giant team, which it's got to be the worst state of of both New York football teams when when they've met in season ever. I, I can't imagine that they've ever been in a, in worse situations combined that they've ever been in a worse situation than what the Jets and Giants are both in right now. Uh, and, and at least we could stop that, that whole conversation about the fact that the Buffalo Bills have just as many wins as the Jets and Giants have combined at MetLife Stadium because somebody's going to win this game. I guess it could end up in a tie, but I expect somebody to win this game. I, ex- I expect somebody to—I'd be shocked if this ends up being a tie because there, there's going to be turnovers. There's going to be defensive scores. Somebody's going to just kind of fall into winning this game on, on Sunday. But it looks like Le'Veon Bell should be on the field for the Jets, so that's some some good news for them. Not not that Adam Gase ever really uses him much, but uh, his MRI came up clean. It showed no structural damage to the knee or the ankle earlier in the week after he got banged up a little bit near the end of the Dolphins game. He did finish out that game, and he should be back uh, playing against the Giants on Sunday. So that, that's that's kind of some good news. I, I'd love to see Adam Gase actually get Bell involved in the offense and see see what what he can do. I, I mean, he, he's had such an abysmal season. We put a lot of it on the offensive line. We put a lot of it on the fact that he hasn't been used proper, properly by Gase. Like, let, let, let's just give him the ball. Let's see, see what, 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 he's, what he's got left. See if he is still the stud running back that he was with Pittsburgh. He's only 27 years old. It'd be odd if his, if his skill set deteriorated that much. But we just don't get to see him. And then Chris Hernan is set to make his season debut for the Jets this week. So that'll be interesting to see at tight end if he has any sort of connection with Sam Darnold, what type of connection they have. And Ryan Griffin, who's looked good at tight end so far. One of the few bright spots in the Jets' offense this season has been Ryan Griffin. That's one of the few compliments that we could throw out for the the Jets' offense this year. So it'll be curious to see if Griffin and Hernan are if they're on the, the field at the same time and, and how that dynamic works. And remember when two tight ends was the future of the league when the New England Patriots had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski about a decade ago, and then that kind of got tossed to the wayside. No, no other teams really developed that. But at, at one point, it looked like every team was going to try to find those dynamic offensive tight ends, those big targets to have and have two of them on the field at the same time. But it's not... Uh, nearly as prevalent as it appeared to be when the Patriots were doing it. 
but Bell is playing, Herndon is playing, Jamal Adams is happy? How about that? Jamal Adams is, is happy, or so he says, and I, I personally, I don't believe him. I still don't think there's any chance that Adams is back with the Jets next year, but he finally was willing to have a conversation with his head coach and general manager. How, how thoughtful of him, how brave of him that he spoke to Adam Gase and Joe Douglas, and I, I'm honestly not even sure if Gase knew who he was when he walked in the room. I'm curious if Gase knew who he was when Jamal Adams walked in to see him. Hey, coach, I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to be a Jet again, coach. All right, who are you? You the new running back Joe signed? I don't use running backs, all right? We know Gase doesn't care about the defense. We see him sitting on the sideline by himself, not even with a quarterback, sitting there like a recluse when the defense is on the field. He doesn't care about Adams and the defense during the game. Why would I expect that he cares before the game? This is a strange game, a strange mentality going into the game of just like, how bad can this game be? How inept can the Jets and Giants be? And who looks more dysfunctional? Which fan base gets more rabid with negativity after the game? And there's there's some intrigue with Leonard Williams, I guess. I'm surprised how many Jet fans are worried about him and how many Jet fans are, are freaking out about Leonard Williams and potentially sacking Sam Darnold. I don't see it. He'll be in the backfield, but is, is is he getting a sack? We watched him for five years in two different defenses, and it just never happened. So I don't know why we would expect that things will change when he goes to the Giants. It's not like the Giants are now a, 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 have a Super Bowl pedigree or a playoff pedigree. This is a bad team as well. But this is also this is an important game because of potential damaging effects around the league. This is looked at as a laughing stock. The Jets and Giants are looked at as like a laughing stock. The embarrassing state of New York football now for so long, for nearly a decade. The embarrassing state of New York sports outside of the Yankees and the Islanders. I, I mean, you look at Boston, Philly. DC and then you look at New York and and they just they can't get any any championships. Everybody else in the tri-state has no problem getting championships. But this game there there's no respect on the line. There is, there is no bragging rights like you would have thought going into the game and like you would have built up heading into this game if these two teams were decent. You would have been talking about bragging rights. You would have been talking about the fan bases getting bragging rights and, and built that whole narrative. But both teams right now they're just fending off the vultures at this point. Both teams are dead. And whichever team wins, it gets a little bit quiet for a week. Whichever team loses, though, fans are going to be screaming. Fans are going to be yelling to get rid of the head coach, especially if it's the Jets. If the Jets are embarrassed, I, I, what, what does that mean for for Adam Gase? And to fire him at this point halfway through his first season, it's, it's probably an unreasonable request, especially they're still paying Todd Bulls, They're still paying Mike McCagnan. It shouldn't matter, but it does. The Jets need a stable football lifer in here. They need somebody that has won before. They need somebody that commands the room and brings instant credibility. Adam Gase is not that person, but the problem is the Jets also have, they gave Joe Douglas a six-year contract, so he's not going anywhere, so so bring in somebody like Mike McCarthy should have been that guy. Mike McCarthy was that guy. Mike McCarthy brings credibility, but the Jets aren't crawling back to him, and somebody that's going to want more control than a typical head coach. He's, he's probably, Mike McCarthy would want as much control as Adam Gase has. But if, if Adam Gase is out, Joe Douglas has a six-year contract. Joe Douglas isn't going to want to bring in somebody like Mike McCarthy that does want all that control, that deserves all that control. And Douglas, by all accounts, if he, if he was doing a coaching search, he would hire Gase if he's the decision maker. He wants Adam Gase to be here. And Gase has four years. Douglas has six years. Like I said, it, it should not matter. Because if we know that Gase is the wrong guy, then get rid of him. I, I don't care what other coaches think, what, what other prospective coaches think. Guys want to be head coaches. The, the Jets would have no trouble finding somebody to take over if they got rid of Adam Gase 
in the middle of his first season or after his first season. It's not like finding a coordinator when everybody knew that Todd Bowles was out the door at the end of the year. I know they had trouble finding an offensive coordinator a couple of years ago, but finding a head coach is not that difficult. Getting rid of a head coach after one year is a bad look, absolutely, but the Jets are already a bad look, so why delay the inevitable? And then Pat Shermer with the Giants, he's bought himself more time with a rookie quarterback who's shown signs of progression as bad as the turnovers are with with Daniel Jones. He's a rookie quarterback that can make all the throws. Gase has a second-year quarterback who, where you see Daniel Jones progressing, Sam Darnold is regressing and regressing immensely. And every single week that the Jets lose, every week that Darnold looks bad, the pressure is mounting on Adam Gase. And Sam Darnold, at this point, Sam Darnold should be outplaying Daniel Jones. You should be confident going into this game that Sam Darnold could outplay Daniel Jones. That Sam Darnold is the more established quarterback. He's halfway through year two. You know, Darnold should be taking that next step. By year two, we should start being able to, to decide what Darnold is. And unfortunately, we're looking like it's looking like it's heading towards being a bust. And I'll, I'll add this. If Darnold gets beat again against the Giants, if Darnold looks terrible again and is taking hits and he's getting sacked, I would seriously consider setting, sitting him next week, uh, even though they're playing in the Redskins. And the Jets can no longer look at any game on their schedule. They can no longer look at any team on their schedule and say that this is an easy game. This is a chance for Donald to get right, for Donald to look right. Because the Redskins, the Giants, the Dolphins, they look at the Jets and they say, this is a chance for us to get right. This is a chance for us to get a win. And remember when we talked about the Jets having an easy schedule? I'm, I'm embarrassed that I looked at the schedule and looked at the second half of the schedule and I said that this is an opportunity for the Jets to find wins and push for 500 because this team is just bad. There, there is no finding 500. There is no finding three or four wins in a row. There is no making this team look good when it is just a bad team. But if Adam Gase can't find a scheme to help protect Sam Darnold, then come up with an injury. Blame the toenail. Blame the thumb. Blame mononucleosis, say whatever you want, but if he's going to have happy feet, if he's going to look nervous in the pocket, if he's going to make errant throws and decisions and put his team in bad spots, then he should sit down for a week or two. And I don't know, I don't even know what to look for against the Giants. The last two weeks, the Jets look great on their opening drives. They look like a legitimate offense, and then the, the wheels fall off from there. At what point... At what point can we trust this offense if we see them score a touchdown on the opening drive or see them score two touchdowns in a row? At what point can we tr- can we trust Sam Darnold? It's certainly not after the first drive. It's certainly not after a full game or or one win because we saw that against Dallas. You just hope now at this point that the Jets and Darnold can somehow, can somehow stop the bleeding and then you take it week by week from there. But if they can't stop the bleeding, then Sam needs to sit for a week because he's going to get killed and he's killing the team. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation. Stay tuned for more episodes. And as always, be good.